Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. News late last night in the NBA that basically makes it very difficult for a lot of different things to happen. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're already a little chippy this morning. Yeah, I don't know why you're criticizing my pocket square. I don't was not criticizing. It. You were was not. You're texting me while I'm doing get up. I'm trying to focus on one of my lists where I'm talking about the five most overrated players going into training camp, and you're saying fix your pocket square as if there's something wrong with my pocket square. All right, can I be honest? It's wonderful. A few weeks ago, at the big two-on-two event. You got very annoyed with me that I didn't see the pocket square that was off and that I wouldn't no, no, tell no, no, you. No, 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 no. It wasn't the pocket square. It was my collar or your that collar. was sticking out of my All jacket. Right, your collar. Yes. So I thought, the collar wasn't tucked inside okay. the jacket. Well, here's the point. That's you were, obvious. You were annoyed that I didn't reach out about that. Yes, I was. And first of all, I didn't see it. And secondly... All right, I thought this morning, let me text him. Let me let him know that I think it's a little off. What do I know? I'm not a – look at me. I look like a Southern lawyer about to take on Matlock today. <laughs> Your Honor, this is outrageous. No, but I, it looked like it was a little bit off. And so that's why I look at everybody else's night, night neatly teeth and uh, tucked in your pocket and everybody, and you're just out there like a Yeah, my, po- my pocket square is doing its own thing. Okay. And, and the ladies in the makeup and then Brooke Pryor, who's the Pittsburgh Steelers insider, they all loved it. And I'm sorry, I'm going to lean on their fashion sense more than I'm going to rely on yours, big fella. Well, that's a mistake. It is Canty and Carlin <laughs> in for Grinny on ESPN Radio. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And that place to start is with the news last night that DeAndre Ayton will be staying in Phoenix after he signed an offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers for four years on $133 million. And you might think, well, of course the Phoenix Suns are going to match that offer sheet. They did in about three minutes. They don't want to lose DeAndre Ayton for absolutely nothing. DeAndre Ayton is only part of the story because really the bigger part is now... What happens with Kevin Durant? Because DeAndre Ayton, we saw his name in the four-team proposed trade that mm-hmm. had been out there uh, as one potential chip landing with the Nets if they are to trade away Durant, or even if there was a straight-up type trade that could happen before he signed an offer sheet, that now is off the table. He cannot be traded until January 15th, and he's got a no trade for a year if he wants. You cannot trade Devin Booker. Now the Suns don't have the chips to get it done. Kevin Durant, if he was open to get to Miami or Phoenix, eh, got some bad news for you, my friend. Yesterday was a bad day for KD. Yeah, Miami just doesn't have enough. And then if you look at the proposal that Phoenix can put together, you're talking about Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and a bunch of first-round picks and pick swaps. That's not going to make Brooklyn bite in terms of pulling the trigger on a Kevin Durant deal. So, yeah, you're, you're talking about you know, Kevin Durant and his aspirations to get to the Phoenix Suns be put on pause at least until midways through the season. But the reality is, Carlin, I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in this situation don't have a ton of leverage against the Nets organization. They're going to be forced to come back to Brooklyn and play. And so what that looks like and what that turns into is anybody's guess. Nobody knows the mentality that those guys are going to come to training camp with. But if you're Brooklyn, You shouldn't be in a hurry to do anything because you have total control over the situation. And this is exactly what Sean Marks and Josiah set out to do this offseason, which was take back control of their franchise. They didn't think that it would end in a Kevin Durant 
uh, situation where he demanded a trade, but they were at least prepared for the possibility because they drew a line in the sand when it came to Kyrie Irving. Well, th- let's, let's get to both individually. First of all, with Durant, it, it can't be that hard for Kevin Durant to understand the Nets are not going to be motivated to trade you for anything less than close to what your value is. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. This is the second best player in the league right now. And Durant, just in that alone, should understand what his own value is. Well, so Carlin, you might be it, unhappy about it, but this is what it is. No, this is what it is, Carlin. And here's the thing. The value uh, a couple of months ago is not the value today. That's the reality. We're, we're in a world where Rudy Gobert went for four first-round draft picks and two young players from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yep. That's the world we're living in. So if he's going off for that, what do you think the Brooklyn Nets are going to demand for Kevin Durant? I get it. He's 34 years old, but he's still one of the three best players in the entire NBA, and he's under contract for four more years. That means if you're a team that trades for him, whether that's a preferred destination of his or not, he's going to play for you. So you can get a ransom for Kevin Durant, and that's what the Brooklyn Nets should hold out for. The other point that I want to make with this call in real quick, Kevin Durant was always going to be the first piece that Brooklyn moved. Yeah. It wasn't going to be Kyrie Irving. Right. Because there was always the possibility that they couldn't find the trade partner to make the deal that they want to bring back the return they're looking for. So the next best case, if they can't find a team that Kevin Durant wants to go to and a team that's willing to fork over the resources that are commensurate with Kevin's ability, then there's the potential for Kyrie and Kevin to run it back. And the two have already said that they want to continue to play together. They want to find opportunities to play together in the future. They might not have wanted to do it in Brooklyn, but I think that's going to be the best option for both of them as the summer progresses. Uh, Let's also clear up. This this notion with Durant, and I, I hear what you're saying, the Nets have grabbed control back of their organization. You do, however, though, if you want to run it back, have to make sure everybody's on the same page, and Durant is relatively happy. So if you were still thinking about moving Kyrie, that may not be the best move. And Chris, listen, I've heard a lot more of something that I talked about earlier in the week. And Pay attention when I'm telling you something because it's <laughs> maybe a little insight into it. Kyrie to Miami has always seemed like the more realistic thing, and now you're hearing a little bit more of it the last couple of days. Frank Isola tweeted out yesterday what he's hearing, Kyrie, for Kyle Lowry is not dead, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is an awful trade for the Nets. And, uh, you know, other people have talked about it as well down in Miami. So with that in mind... I do think you need to be careful if you're the Nets here of, yes, we have control of the situation, but we need to make sure KD is happy if we're going to make a good run at this this year. Yeah, we're going to make sure that KD is happy, but do you make him happy by trading Kyrie Irving? No, I'm saying I think that possibility is you keep him because it's going to, it's going to make him a little bit happier. Which, by the way, isn't it funny that Kyrie and his camp is out there saying, like, hey, we're good coming back to the Nets with or without KD there. We're, we're okay. Because you got nowhere else to go. That's exactly the <laughs> point, Carlin. You're talking about a player that has to rebuild his value around the NBA. And what better way to do that than to acquiesce to the demands that Sean Marks and Josiah have made on you, wanting you to buy into a team-first agenda. Kyrie Irving can turn this thing on its head in terms of how people look at him. If he goes back to Brooklyn and lights it up, he's shooting 40% from three-point land, 50% from the field, um, you know, you're talking about him being a guy that can facilitate that offense, get it to other guys, and then also get to the rim at will. 
that changes things for him in terms of the kind of contract he could command on the open marketplace in 2023. You're talking about a guy that could potentially get a $200 million contract from a team if he just comes back to Brooklyn and shows that he can be a good soldier. And I fully think he has the potential to do that, Carlin. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Nothing motivates a professional athlete like fresh cash. Doesn't matter how much money you've made, you always want more. And Kyrie Irving is in that situation. If money wasn't important to him, he wouldn't have opted into the contract. He would have become a free agent this summer and signed for the mid-level exception that the Lakers had available. He didn't do that. He opted in for the $37 bucks. Money matters to him, not just for this season, but setting himself up for next offseason. What becomes clear, though, it's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, is that this now for the Nets is a one-year proposition. This is, you have to go try and make it happen and win a championship now if you are, in fact, in this position now of bringing them back and you're not going to make the moves to, to trade Durant away. We don't know that it's dead. I don't know that I would look around the league and easily find the place where he could land where it makes sense for both teams. But, Chris, I can't, with, with that in mind with Kyrie and with KD and what his mindset is right now, I have to think that they will approach this, meaning Kyrie and KD, in a one-year way, specifically KD, and moving forward. And that if it's, okay, we'll give it a shot this year because we don't really have a choice, but that's going to be it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that could potentially be it. It could be a last dance situation in terms of them trying to make it work, knowing that all parties are not going to come back together in 2023. But if you're the Nets, that's an okay spot to be in. Yeah. Because your organization is going to be ultra competitive with KD and Kai on the floor for the majority of the games. You are a bona fide championship contender in the Eastern Conference. Is there any way, is there any other way to look at it? No. No. And so I think if you're Brooklyn, you're in the catbird seat. Because either you're going to get the trade that you're looking for, the return for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, or those two are going to come back and play for you, and your team is going to have a chance to make a deep playoff run. It's How does the, Brooklyn lose under this circumstance? The only way Brooklyn loses is if Kyrie once again pulls a Kyrie. And it's – listen, I can't can, – Can he do that and get the money he's looking for no, next offseason? No, he can't. But I also, with Kyrie, I can't rule it out. I can't rule it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that thinks the earth is flat still. So, yeah, you know. so, you know. Fair point. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are in for Greeny today, which is presented, by the way, by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. But is there the team that we are not thinking about or considering? Is there a possibility, speaking of running it back, of KD running it back in Golden State. Our next guest will provide the necessary insight as to why that may or may not happen because he's intricately, intricately knowledgeable about both the Nets and Golden State. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. And Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. In just 30 seconds, insight as to why Kevin Durant will or will not potentially be a possibility for Golden State. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there like your kids their kids and even their kids kids so head over to your local park trail to see for yourself nature valley life happens out there nick friedel espn nba reporter joining us right now on the phone as we continue to get into the fallout from deandre ayton staying in phoenix and nick we appreciate a few minutes it's chris carlin chris canty in for greeny uh, first of all, just your reaction upon hearing this and the potential fallout from a Nets perspective. It really limits Kevin getting to Phoenix right now. And as far as the Nets are concerned, guys, I think the hope all along, even after we heard about the trade demand, was, hey, let's see how this thing plays out. Nobody wants to move Kevin Durant. <laughs> Sean Marks isn't going in there every day going, ah, let, me, let me find a way to move uh, one of the very best players we've ever seen in the game. So uh, there's just got to be some patience, and that's tough to do in this day and age. But what it boils down to me, uh, guys, is does Kevin really want to go to Phoenix that badly? Does he want out that badly? Or if the Nets come to him and say, hey, look, we tried. And we will continue to try, but there is nothing that makes sense for us as far as doing any kind of deal. We want you to start the season and see what happens. By all accounts, Kevin is a pro's pro, and he will put in the work, but it boils down to just how much he wants out of there. And with all the uncertainty going on, only he has that answer. So, Nick, with Phoenix being taken off the table at least until the middle of the season, what are some of the other possibilities? I know you mentioned with KD running it back in Brooklyn. What are some of the other teams that have the resources that could pull off a Kevin Durant trade and where Kevin Durant would be willing to go play? Chris, that's the biggest key there is the second part is because there are plenty of teams that have 
the resources, but would Kevin actually want to go there? And I know the, the Nets respect Kevin enough to try and help land him in a preferred destination. I mean, Phoenix could still do it, but it's Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, a boatload of picks, swaps, and I don't know if nah. you're the Nets and Sean Marks. <laughs> Hard yeah, pass. No nah. thanks. So, uh, so after that, you know, there's Miami, but they don't seem to have all the pieces if you're not including BAM and because of the, the cap rules, BAM uh, and couldn't go to the same team that, that Ben Simmons is on, so potentially you'd have to ma- move Simmons, and, and that is very tricky. And so after that, it's Toronto, but do they want to include Scotty Barnes? It's New Orleans, but it sounds like that's kind of off the table for now after they got their Zion deal locked in and they want to run it back with Brandon Ingram. So, Chris, that's the issue. I mean, Kevin follows the league really closely. He knows what's going on to a level at which I've never seen another star follow it like that. So he knows what's happening. I just don't see, not only is there not a lot of momentum right now, but I don't see a lot of different ways to get him to a place where he'd want to go. So I think everybody needs to take a deep breath because I think this thing is going to stretch for a while. Nick, one of the teams that you didn't mention was the Golden State Warriors, and I know Joe Lacob didn't rule it out, but that doesn't mean much. Steph Curry said he liked where the team was at but didn't rule out the possibility. What's the appetite for both sides with the reunion, KD going back out to the Bay? The key with the Warriors is <laughs> they, they loved two things, guys, last season because I started the year the first few months covering the Warriors before I came to Brooklyn. And they love the fact that they had depth on that team. And if you're trading for Kevin, you're trading all the depth that you love so much because Andrew Wiggins would have to be included in that deal, potentially. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. You don't know what James Wiseman's going to give you, and he doesn't have much trade value right now, but you wonder what's going to happen with him on top of the picks and potential swaps that they'd have to add. On top of that, guys, the thing that the Warriors loved was that there wasn't drama last year. Draymond said a couple things, but other than that, that team just rolled from start to finish. They were all on the same page. And it's not always Kevin's fault uh, that this occurs, but it's inarguable that drama has followed him dating back to those last couple of years in Golden State. And certainly in these last couple of years in Brooklyn. Now, having been there, I think a lot of that falls at the feet of Kyrie. But drama, if you're adding Kevin back into that equation after the divorce that took place, I'm not ruling anything out with the Warriors, but it would surprise me given the way that relationship ended and given the fact, guys, that if we're being real, they don't need Kevin. And that's the craziest part of all right now. He's he's a little older. He hadn't been able to stay as healthy the last few years. They can win without him. They've already shown that. So I don't think it's completely out of the question, but it would be a surprise to me. Nick Friedell, ESPN NBA reporter, joining us. Think about that sentence. They don't need Kevin Durant. That's pretty remarkable to be able to wow. say that. Yeah. And, and that is nuts. And that's also got to be a tough pill to swallow from a Durant standpoint. But, Nick, what about the Nets if he does end up staying? Is figuring out the Kyrie Irving situation and keeping him there their best opportunity at that point to contend this coming year. Chris, that's the most intriguing part of all of this to me. 
because I think in a dream scenario for the Nets, they convince Kevin, hey, we love you. We want you to stay. We want to continue to build around you. But I just don't think they want Kyrie back because they don't want to deal with all the baggage that comes with having Kyrie on the roster. Only Kevin knows whether or not he would be open to coming back to Brooklyn, but coming back without Kyrie. And if he says to the Nets, hey, I'm only coming back if you bring Kyrie back, (laughs) I don't know what they're going to do. Because all Sean Marks did, as we know, was come out a few weeks ago and say, we need to get our culture back. Our culture was kind of broken. Well, yeah, the culture is kind of broken in large part because of Kyrie. <laughs> so if you're if you're saying, well, let's just run it back and see what happens, guys, I, that it would just really, really surprise me because they all love Kevin in that organization. But Kyrie has has just upset so many different people with either the things that he has said, or the fact that they just couldn't count on him, on top of the uncertainty with Ben Simmons, the idea that they're just going to roll the ball out and bring everybody back and and see what happens, uh, that would be something. But to me, if the Nets had their way, they would say to Kevin, come back, we'll make it work, but you've got to be okay with the fact that Kyrie may not be back. And if he signs off on that, uh, then – I think they've got some momentum in a different direction that suits a lot of people in there. Nick, this might be an unfair question, especially for you, but what the hell, I'll ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> can is it, just from observing it and from what you know of it, does, are we wrong to feel like this is kind of a one-sided relationship between KD and Kyrie? Like, KD seems to be doing everything he can to support Kyrie, but at the same time, it doesn't really feel like Kyrie cares all that much. Chris, I think the best way to answer that is Kyrie, when you talk to the people that have been around him, at least in my experience in Brooklyn and certainly before in Boston and Cleveland, he lives in his own world. And I think that, There is a solid relationship there between he and Kevin, but in the same breath, I've talked to several people who say the relationship is solid, but it's not as close as it always appears to be. The one thing that we've all seen in these last few months is that Kevin Durant went out of his way sometimes to publicly support Kyrie and said, he said repeatedly, we can win with him. It's not all his fault just because he didn't get the vaccination shot. I believe in him, and on and on. With Kyrie, every time that he has said in recent history, I'm going to stay here, fill in the blank, Boston, and it was last uh, last season with, I can't leave my man seven. We're building something here. His actions speak louder, much louder than his words, and that's the problem when you add Kyrie into a, a team spot because nobody doubts his talent, guys. The talent's incredible. He's still an unbelievable player, but they doubt whether he wants to be a full-time part of a team and be part of a team setting. So as far as that relationship goes, they are the only two who know for sure, Chris. But as far as the work ethic and the dedication to the team, Kevin Durant's work ethic and dedication to at least the Brooklyn in these last few years is without question. 
And when you talk to people around the Nets, there was always doubt, especially in these last couple of years, whether or not Kyrie would be there day in, day out, and do what the rest of the team is doing. Talking with ESPN NBA reporter Nick Friedle on Greeny. And Nick, we know that the DeAndre Ayton signing for uh, Phoenix, them matching the offer sheet, took that destination off the table for Kevin Durant, at least in the short term. But how does the DeAndre Ayton signing of the offer sheet in Phoenix affect what happens in Utah with Donovan Mitchell? Well, I think it just shows that Danny Ainge has got uh, the more draft picks coming his way, Chris, because when you're talking about what he's done in the past, and now you see that Phoenix is kind of locked in with what they've got, and Miami doesn't appear to have the draft capital that Utah is looking for, at least right now. When you compare it to what's just happened in the Rudy Gobert deal and all the picks that it took to get him to Minnesota, if you're Danny Ainge, you're, you're saying to the Knicks and Tibbs and Leon Rose, hey, you want Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> we like those eight draft picks that you got, and we like some other pieces. Let's, let's see if something can happen. So I think it makes it a little clearer that the Knicks are in the lead for Donovan Mitchell, but I'd also tell you, while he's a really solid player, and I really like Jalen Brunson and the way he's come along the last couple of years, if you're dealing all your draft capital for Donovan Mitchell, you're dealing for a team that is capped out in a best case, getting knocked out in the second round. So uh, there are a lot of different ramifications there, but uh, it seems like the Knicks are uh, going to try and get this thing done. I would just be very cautious giving up everything in your future to get a player that is really, really good, but not the type of star that's going to carry the team through the playoffs. Nick, any idea, inclination on whether Danny Ainge is going to demand R.J. Barrett being included in a trade? Don't know for sure. I know that R.J. in the last couple of years has really developed to a point where He's gained a lot of respect throughout the league, but if you're Ainge, that's only the question that he has got to figure out in these next couple weeks. It's how much do you value Barrett and the deal that potentially is coming his way compared to how much you value all these picks. And when you get a boatload of picks to go along with the haul that you just got from Minnesota, does that set you up much better than committing to a player that you're potentially not certain on. Outstanding insight, Nick. We appreciate it. Thank you. Always, guys. Thanks for having me. Nick Friedle, ESPN NBA reporter, basically giving you everything you need right there on this situation from pillar to post. So what will it take at this point for the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell? We get to that in 30 seconds. If you're on the go, you might be skipping eating the healthy way, which is probably making you feel a bit more sluggish these days. Well, as a reminder, you can fuel life's special moments with heart-healthy Honey Nut Cheerios. Made with whole grains and low-in-fat Cheerios, also provides 12 essential vitamins and minerals. So, pour your heart into today. It's oh so important. Pick up a box of Honey Nut Cheerios today at your local grocery store. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. If the Knicks don't get it done now, I, I mean, God help them. God help them at this point. Because if you let somebody else sneak in 
and get a deal done with Donovan Mitchell, you may as well burn the organization down. Yeah, but listen to what Nick Friedle is talking about with, with the, the trade with the Suns and Kevin Durant being on pause. I mean, that, that just opens the door for Danny Ainge to demand more and extract max value yeah. for Donovan Mitchell, which is a scary position if you're a Knicks fan or if you're in that Knicks front office because think about the starting price for Donovan Mitchell based on the Rudy Gobert trade. You're talking about four first-round picks and two young players in that deal. I, I don't know that the Knicks are going to be in a position where they want to fork over significantly more than that in order to get this deal done. But here's the thing, Carlin. How are you going to get an all-star caliber player to come here if you don't give that yeah, kind of compensation? You're, you're not. It's not it, look, they've had plenty of opportunities over the years to attract somebody as a free agent, and Jalen Brunson is the best that they have done. Yeah. And I, They've had a hard time getting willing participants. They've got to get hostages at this point. Exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell wants to be here. Yeah. He wants to be here. In the worst way. And it's a perfect fit in every single way. Now, a couple of things. I was listening to the Hoop Collective this morning on the way in, and Brian Wynn. That's your favorite podcast, right? It is tremendous. It's your, it's your favorite podcast. It's as good as it gets. And Brian Windhorst uh, this morning on the podcast that they did late last night was talking about people around the league and how aggravated people are around the league with Minnesota for everything that they gave up for all of those. Basically, they're calling it five first-round picks because yeah. of the four picks and, and uh, the player they got. Jaden McDaniels. Kessler. Oh, Kessler. And Kessler, too. Kessler, yeah. Yeah. But think about that for a second. So now, first of all, I would make the argument that maybe Danny Ainge isn't all that interested in R.J. Barrett simply because you got to pay him now and – he might help me win too many games. I mean, they're, they're trying to get to the top of the draft this coming season. So that might be something that works in their favor. Quite simply, Chris, if it was, here's all eight picks, and let's match up the money. Would you do it if you're the Knicks? Eight first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. No. No. That's too much. I mean, how are What's you? The, where's the cutoff? Uh, I- because it's, it's going to be north of five. Yeah. Well, it depends on what you're going to do. If it's only first-round picks and then throw-ins to match the money, yeah, you're talking about five or six first-round picks. But the question becomes, would you rather hold on to some of those first-round picks and include a guy like R.J. Barrett in the deal? If it ends up being R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier to, to match the money and then three first-round picks, is that something that the Knicks consider? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe, yeah. Because but, you, do, you do preserve some draft capital to improve your team and add complimentary pieces down the road. I just think when you start getting upwards of you know, six, seven, eight first-round draft picks, that's, that, that's your future, Carlin. But, but, but that's problem, your future. The problem is Minnesota set the market. No, I get it. In, in, <laughs> in, in much the same way that Deshaun Watson's $230 million guaranteed deal set the market for future quarterback and everybody deals. around the and NFL everybody is hates it. Off. It's the same kind of thing, but – that's the going rate now. That's the price because one player can make that much of a difference in terms of your team's fortunes. But here's the deal, Carlin. If you go all in on Donovan Mitchell, you heard what Nick Friedle said. You're talking about a team that's probably going to be capped out at you know, a second-round playoff appearance. And I'm not quite sure that that's where the Knicks want to be. Even with R.J. Barrett, you got to talk about continuing to add more pieces around them in order for this team to develop into yeah, a see, title I, contender. I would look at it a much bigger picture situation that this is not the team I'm going to war with in the Eastern Conference for the next five years if I get them. It's 
Donovan Mitchell, and then we work toward getting another star. And so it's, so it's, Donovan, it's Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and that will attract the star that I'm looking for in free agency? Or No, no, no. If I Maybe. Or in a trade. Or if I have to trade off one of those guys down the line here in the next year or two to better position us to win a championship, that's what I'm going to do. But the gotcha. first thing is to get Mitchell here gotcha. because he is the most bona fide of them all. It, yeah. is, it is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. What will it take? What are you willing to give up if you are the Knicks at this point? We asked a question earlier in the week, but really the perspective on it has changed. What are you actually willing to hand over when it comes to getting Donovan Mitchell, considering how long you've been waiting and your inability to get anybody else? Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all of the people that make a vacation truly great, like the chef at that world-class restaurant or the tour tour guide with great stories? Well, you know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Tyreek Hill says the Dolphins offense reminds him of the 2019 Chiefs. Does he need to get his vision checked? We will discuss the Miami Dolphins in two days. Next, and take your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on what you are willing to give up to make Donovan Mitchell happen. Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny, on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days. An in-depth preview of every team in the National Football League. Two teams, every day, as we storm towards training camp. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. The Miami Dolphins are a better team, but is it going to matter? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also on your smart speaker. Time for our two-a-days. First one today, the Miami Dolphins. We have the Los Angeles Chargers later on. Interesting that it's those two today after we had the Saints yesterday all tied into Sean Payton potentially for next year. But let's, let's talk about this year's Miami Dolphins. First of all, 
Tyree Kill going over is obviously a major addition. Teron Armstead should not get overlooked as a major addition for the Miami Dolphins. I do, though, look at the quarterback position, Mm. and I do wonder. (laughs) I know what Tua can do in terms of the short ball, but if you're not able to take advantage with a lot of your weapons because of who the quarterback is, that is a major problem and a hurdle that you cannot overcome. Yeah, usually when we're talking about passing games, taking the top off of the defense, it's because your receiving core doesn't have deep speed. But now we're having that question about the Miami Dolphins because we don't know that the quarterback can consistently do that enough. Everybody talks about how accurate of a passer tour is, but we're talking about, you know, 10 yards or less. I mean, what happens when he's forced to throw the ball 20, 25 yards down the field outside of the numbers to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill? I'm not quite sure, Carlin. And then you also have the, the question mark on whether or not Tua is going to be able to stay healthy. We're going into, what, year three? And we're talking about him not being able to complete a full season. So there are a lot of question marks as to whether or not he's going to be the guy. And you saw that the previous head coach was not shy about the potential of other quarterbacks being his guy long-term, not necessarily Tua. So that's that's going to be interesting to see how the Dolphins handle this with first-year head coach Mike McDaniel. But I will say this, Carlin, a couple of things that we got to keep in mind with Tua. Mm. First of all, the perception of what he is. Think about the division he plays in. A lot of young quarterbacks. We all know he's not as good as Josh Allen, but is he definitively better than Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? No. I'm not prepared to say that right now. I agree. So think about it. If you're the Dolphins, you could have the worst quarterback in your division. And then here's the other thing we got to consider. The Miami Dolphins have two first-round draft picks as a result of the Trey Lance deal the 49ers made a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a quarterback deep draft in 2023. There's an opportunity cost to hanging on to Tua beyond this year. So this is a huge year in terms of him proving that he's going to be the guy. Chris Greer, their general manager, although he shouldn't have passed on Justin Herbert, he's done a great job of eliminating the excuses as to why Tua can't get it done. You talked about the offensive line with Turner Armstead. Also got to mention Connor Williams stepping in from the Dallas Cowboys to play center for him. They got Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle in that backfield. And then you're talking about the addition of Cedric Wilson, not to mention one of the better tight ends in all of football with Mike Gusecki. So, I mean, there there really is no excuse as to why Tua shouldn't be able to be a productive quarterback and have this team knocking on the door at the playoffs. This is going to – it's going to – it bothers me that I'm even saying this, but I think it's true, and I do worry about it, okay? Tyreek Hill, in attempting to pump up Tua as much as he is this offseason – and there has been a concerted media effort on his part to do it because of where he is coming from. I honestly think he's putting undue pressure on Tua right now. Like, is Tua not going to handle that well? And, and Chris, look, if he's not going to handle that well, he shouldn't be there to begin he's with. He's not your guy. That's right. my whole point. Yeah. If he doesn't handle the right. pressure well, but whether it's internal or external, Tua's not your guy long term. It doesn't feel like it's going to help, though, at this point. What is the upside for the Miami Dolphins right here? Considering we look around the AFC as a whole, we know they can be good in the division, mm-hmm. right? What is the upside for the Miami Dolphins here? They're a playoff team, a wild card team. They're not going to win the division, so they're a well, wild I think card if, team. I, I, I hate to put it this way. No, I don't. It's truth. If they make the wild card, they had a wildly successful season. No doubt about it. But if they don't make the wild card, then how can you hang on to Tua as your starting quarterback? Can't. 
and you. That's will my be, whole point. Yeah, that's you, the bar to clear for Tua. Yeah, you will be positioning yourself, and there's going to be a lot of con- competition to position themselves for the top quarterbacks next year. Granted. There are five or six of them. In the first so round, helps. exactly. So that helps, at least at the moment there are, depending on what happens for some of these other teams. But I tell you, I, I honestly think that the Tua is not the answer in Miami, and it could be an ugly way to find out this year. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Is a Yankee bullpen ready for the... All-star break to come? Holy cow. I'm in bed last night watching the end of the game, and my wife comes into the room and just kind of asks, who is Lucas Litke? Mm. And I said, well, he's not really good. So that's kind of where we're – he's not bad. Not bad. It's kind of what they had to turn to last night. A little more mop-up, but they – Boy, they need a break in the worst way. And you got the Red Sox this weekend, which does not make it any easier. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Look, they've had a ridiculously good first half. Wildly successful first half. Yes. 35 games over 500. Four out of the last five they have lost. Is it going to give you a bad taste in your mouth if they go into the weekend or go into the All-Star break, you know, on a bad slide here if they have a bad weekend against the Red Sox? No, I don't think so, Carlin. I think you're still optimistic about what this Yankees team can be, but I do think it does highlight some needs for this team as we draw closer to the trade deadline. And we've been focused on the bullpen and adding some arms there, but Carlin, I think they've also got to look at the starting rotation. Yeah. With Luis Severino going on the DL and then Nestor Cortez not necessarily being what he has been this past month. Last night he wasn't bad. The outing before he got shelled. I yep. mean, you're looking at Tyone. He hasn't been good for a while now. So you're talking about the Yankees potentially needing to add some arms. And the guy that we saw for the Cincinnati Reds last night, Luis Castillo, <laughs> he might be one of the guys that Brian Cashman decides to target. Now, are you going to give up top prospects to get him? That's the question to be answered. But if you're going to go all in and you're going to give up some of the blue chippers in your farm system, this would be the team to do it because they've proven that they're good enough to win a championship. What's really interesting here is there there are a couple of guys that the Mets and Yankees could be competing for. Yeah. And Castillo's one of them. Yeah. I mean, imagine that for a second. The Yankees, if you're trying to get Castillo, they're going to have to deal with parting with one of those shortstops. I, I absolutely nah. think that's possible. I think that's definitely possible. And if you're the Yankees, at some point, you have to be able to look at this and say, 
look, we have to go all in, all in here to win now. We have to do it because it hasn't happened in long enough. And if you're going up against the Mets, that makes it even trickier. Yeah, no question about it. But there are some other names out there. Shane Bieber at the Cleveland uh, Guardians is what they're calling themselves mm-hmm. now. If they continue to back up a little bit, that could be another arm that they look at. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would hate to give up one of those shortstops in the farm system because the Yankees didn't go all in on a short spot position in a free agent market that was flush with them this past offseason. But, I, I mean, I just you got to look at some other options and get creative. But it's clear that they're going to have to add some pieces at the trade deadline to fortify this roster because they, they're not finished in terms of making this a true championship contender. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.